Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Everybody who's sure to be grand. Your one-stop shop for two Irish Egypts giving you their two Irish Egypt opinions on movies for the most part. I am Daniel and I'm here with my best pal Owen. Say hello, Owen. I was muted. My apologies. Good morning, I said. I said good morning. I trust me, I said it. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, uh, he actually did a very good uh mime impression on the video I'm looking at him. Just like, listen, man, I've always said it. Podcasts are a visual medium. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Owen, how are you? I'm good. I got some things to discuss. Not really. Um, we just do a recap. It it's so long. Movie? Yes. It's, well, it's one of them. We've been, it's been, so, it's like we, we leave like enough time between episodes now that I feel like we have to do like a recap at the start of yeah. just like here's the things i've watched in the last like months or whatever just to be honest though like the, like the monthly podcast is not a bad way to do it because you know we have a bit of to natter about we do yeah exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying it's not a it's yeah. you know things are things are happening in the world and we get them all <laughs> get them all at yeah. once we get to talk about them uh yeah, never absolutely. on time but we get to talk about them yeah uh well yeah so do you have to natter about what have you been up to well first of all the Oscars are coming up next week. Oh, and we'll have to I had do a it, podcast. I had it. This oh, was the yeah. question. I had a question I wanted to ask everybody because we did it. Wasn't last year? It was the year before? Was it? Maybe we did an Oscars. I, I did a. I did one by myself. I think I did some sort of you. Show by so this oh, time last year thing. we were yeah. doing the news, the weekly news thing, yeah. and I think we covered it on that. Maybe, but before that we did a full episode a just one, about yeah. the Oscars and all the winners yeah. and losers and everything. If you want us, if anybody is interested and wants us to hear us talk about the Oscars again, I think they're on March 13th, which is awkward for me because I will be not in the country for that period of about a week or two. Where are you off to? I'm going everywhere. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to, I'm doing a little mini interrailing adventure. I'm going to Prague, Vienna, uh, Zagreb and Budapest across like two weeks. But I can't wait until you're kidnapped and brought into a weird hostel. I can't either. It's going to be awesome. I've booked some weird hostels for myself to stay in, so we'll see how we go. Uh, but yeah, but I'm flying out on the day that the Oscars are airing. So if I can do it, we can figure it out. If I can record from the beautiful city of Prague somehow. Yeah, like don't be surprised, <laughs> folks, if, if if you're recording from a mobile phone on Owen's side. Yeah, well, listen, fine. it'll you work. I'll happen. do it. I'll sit in yeah, some yeah. some fancy European square. Record a show. Oh, don't record outside. I will. Jesus. I'll do it. I'll, I'll I'll approach random Prague citizens and ask them what they thought of the Oscars. They won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, that was first question. So let's. If you want, if you would like to hear us natter about the Oscars, because it's a big year this year for Irish peoples in yes, the Oscars. We have, I think, it's 14 nominations. Go on, um, the boys and girls. across everything, and we'll surely win something. For the love of God, oh, I, I will. But to be fair, it would be the most Irish thing if we didn't. Yeah, yeah. I I'm worried about it now because the 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 Baftas were recently, and we did quite well in the Baftas though. We did we, we were go a winner too. Uh, Barry Keown won Best Supporting Actor, 
and the Banshees yeah. of Inisherin won Best British Film, um, <laughs> which lots of people have a problem with. Uh, I, I don't necessarily. Is this the power tail effect? Yeah, because it's it's yeah. like it was. I know. Look, I understand it, right? It's got it's an Irish cast. It's shot in Ireland. It's about Ireland, etc. So on. It was produced by Britain. It was. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's like made. They're the yeah, and it's generally it's spiritually it's, Irish, but and I hate my yeah. No, like I hate myself for this. I hate myself for what I'm yeah. a, for defending this. But the categories that they have there's very specific criteria for when or when they yeah. don't call something they're a British not being film. unfair they're not they're yeah they didn't just decide to yeah. claim this one okay it falls into the category of British movie because it was produced and paid for by uh, a British production company yeah. I didn't watch the BAFTAs did you uh no I didn't watch the whole thing I, like I've seen bits and pieces of it they had no, but the, the best part is, of it was I really would like to have seen them try and pronounce his name well, Barry's, yeah. Uh, I think I if if I remember correctly, they said Kyogen. I think. Oh yeah. I could that be. I right. could be. To- I could. Be, I could have that Uh But the best moment of the whole Baftas was Paul Meskel doing an interview with Oscalga on the red carpet. Fair fucks to him. Now, having said that, it was an interview by TG Carr, but <laughs> he did it. So what? He so did what? it. He used his couple of fuckle, and it's been it's great. I think it's great to see. Uh, People doing that everywhere and anywhere. Of course, yeah. yeah. The yeah no, uh, no, it's perfectly grand to do a TG Carr. Why not? Like, yeah, and that's I mean, like it, it kind of seems dumb to do it with an English. No, but it, like it's just it's just cool. You can tell like he's not got like in he's not like a a native like fluent Gaelgore or anything yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But he had, but he went for it like, and he wasn't afraid to like to make a few mistakes here and there or something which is you have like, to, I think to, that's no. the thing we need to do in this country as well like you know we all have snippets of Irish you know depending on how much we retain from school like we don't have to know the entire language to speak once well, but a few words thrown in here and there even to say oh just going up to my labba or something like that yeah that's, yeah, yeah, that's great let's keep that going who's the couple of fucking lads huh yeah 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 don't give a shit mine is not as what it used to be either but I'd love the chance oh Mine Start using is about the same as it used to be, but that here we're gonna. Do, this is where we make the switch, Dan. We're doing our next episode. Oscalga. <laughs> we're becoming. Yeah, we are becoming a multilingual podcast. Neither of us There'll have be like two yeah. people in the world to go like, ah, oh, yeah. This, this is, is this is exactly yeah, this is exactly what I need in my life: a German and Irish podcast. <laughs> Who is it? Um, we need it. We won't know what Irish we're saying to each other. Actor again. Fastbender, Fastbender. Oh, Michael Fastbender. Yeah, make it just for him. (laughs) He's like, yes, finally somebody appreciates me. You know, but look, to be fair, you know, us half German, half Irish people, very attractive people after all, you know. Well hung. Okay. Michael Fastbender. No, you knew that about, okay. Yes, Michael Fastbender, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I've seen his penis. Okay, I... Michael Fastbender's. I guess. What? I have not seen Everybody Michael has seen Batman. it. You can see it too if you watch a movie called I, Shame. If I happen to watch Shame, I'm, I won't sure. blink. Yeah, All come right. back to me about it if you want. <laughs> okay. We'll do, yeah, we'll, we'll do a review for Shame next. Uh, yep. We'll be talking explicitly about Fastbender's penis. It's a German and Irish language podcast where we talk exclusively about Michael Fastbender's penis. I mean, it does sound like one of those niche podcasts, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it could work somehow. <laughs> There you go. Change the name to Michael Fassbender's. Um, what's the Irish word for penis? Uh, it, that's a good. I don't know. 
Letter. Didn't learn that in school, did we? Answers on a <laughs> postcard, people. Leave us in the comments. What's the <laughs> Irish translation for dick? <laughs> and it's Rish- not for stars. <laughs> it's for stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, good stuff. Anyway, yes, Adman, tell me, you have opinions. Oh, fuck you? me, man. It's the worst pile of fucking garbage I've ever seen in my entire life. And I, I am not being facetious. It's okay. awful. I, I will say it. I don't have as strong as a feeling for you. I've just described it as a complete nothing burger and really one of the worst Marvel movies insofar as it's my second favorite Ant-Man movie. Uh, Which is that's, like that? Even that's crazy to me. Which one did you think was worse than this? Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp? The second one. Second one? Yeah, I don't even... I, I hardly remember it. I, I this, Yeah, I will agree I like with Murdoch you. I like in this. I oh, really love it. Oh, 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 oh. No, no, but that's the good part. I know you're like, oh my God, so good it should be absolutely stupid looking it should be horrifically stupid looking it is yeah but it's not even the, mo- it's he- you saw Molex ass you know that's what we needed all right Fast i just like i covered my face whenever modok turned up on the screen oh, i couldn't so look at him good. he's so but then it the, the <laughs> it just it made me even angrier then is because like they didn't right here's here's the thing right i understand he can look dumb but he also looks bad. Yes. Like it's not a good effect that they've used yeah. to make him like Great. that. But Perfect. then I love it. Yeah, but then the movie spends the whole time telling you that he looks bad and like making yeah. jokes about it. But I just don't with with the Marvel's track ref- record of treating effects artists like shit. And it came out afterwards yeah. that uh like three quarters of the VFX team for Ant Man got taken off and made to work on black panther instead and they didn't have they couldn't make ant-man look good and i was like yeah it makes sense but then don't make it a joke in the movie that it looks bad like it's it's just terrible i think it's i love the bill murray thing like people say like oh my god bill murray's gonna mean this he said it for like two minutes he's he's like a scene spoilers i guess for ant-man yeah oh no there's not much of a story to be honest bill murray's in one scene i'm pretty sure and he eats a weird squid thing he does, yeah. He gets, yeah. yeah he gets his throat fondled by a squid, and then the, and then, then the squid, squid fondles him. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Look, I don't know. I think it's the worst Marvel movie now. I, I really nah. do. I think it's that it's, bad. It's nowhere near as bad as Iron Man three. Sorry. It's yeah, but look, here's the thing, right? And again, I can't believe I'm defending so many things I never thought I'd defend today. I hated Iron Man three, but Iron Man yeah. three is competently made for the most part, like. It looks okay. It's got some good... A- I didn't even like Paul Rudd in this thing. He was just no. annoying. The kid is annoying. Evangeline Lilly has like two lines in the entire movie, which is, I don't know, I guess fair enough because she's anti-vax, so woohoo. But to like, be honest, I didn't really like... Oh, Jesus Christ. What's Kang in this either like? Because he does things that just don't make sense. Like, hey, I promise you I'll give you your daughter back. And then he's just like, oh, I'm going to change my mind. It's like, yeah. And but then we had this, like, maybe it's, I personally have a fan theory that, um, like, he actually fears Ant-Man, mostly because he pretends to not know him at the beginning. And then he names him later on without anyone ever telling him. So clearly he knows Ant-Man. I think that know? might just be an incompetent script, to be quite it honest. It could be, but man, he... I have to salvage in some way. Yeah, but look, I don't <laughs> think... I think Jonathan Majors as Kang has some... He's probably the best part of this in... Like, 
his acting is is decent in some of the scenes. But, yeah, but I don't if you you tell me right now, right, that Kang, this guy, this motherfucker, is the guy who's the next like Thanos for the MCU, right? This guy says he wiped, he killed like hundreds of different versions of the Avengers, and he says he murdered yeah. Thor and stuff. He couldn't yeah. win a fist fight with Ant Man. Yeah, but that's my point. Like maybe he fears Ant Man. Why? Um, Okay, can I just, uh, okay, right. We're gonna move on in a second, but I, I want to say one thing I really actually liked about the movie past Barmoda. I did like that HG Wells sort of world that they built. I loved all the creatures the world, but the only problem is I could have done with more of that and like more depth about the culture and all because it just reminded me like of John Carter a bit in that regard. Look, you know? yeah, it was uh, there was a lot of Star Wars in it as well. Yeah, to be honest, it it was just like it was like a hodgepodge of like other sci-fi things, but they didn't really they didn't really do anything in, interesting for me of their yeah. own accord. The I don't know who well, any of it's going to be forgettable. Like literally in a month's it's, time, when it's I ask completely. You, you won't remember it. No, I won't. And the thing is, the whole purpose of the movie seems to have been to introduce Kang and to further explain who he is and what he does. But we they've already done that. Loki yeah. did that. That was yeah, the point better. of Loki season one, and yeah. they did it better. Loki was really good because instead of having a Thanos that was like this looming threat that was slowly coming, we had Kang sit down to them and explain to them why he is who he is and why he does the things he does. Like, it's a really nice change from what we had with Thanos. But now... No, now uh, it's just Thanos again. Only there's a hundred of them. Not, and it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's the like Council really of Kangs. And... copy of Thanos. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it was just bad. I just think even the the movie itself didn't follow its own rules half the time. We didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Nobody in this thing or who wrote this thing or put any of it together or actually knows what the quantum realm is or, <laughs> or where it is or what the oh, purpose yeah. of it oh, is. It, it, was, it was on the desolation planes of the, the, the no, that one. Like, and if you go past the, the shield border, it goes to this place, man. Uh, okay. Yeah, what All the right. fuck are you talking about, people? Like, I thought, isn't the quantum realm, do you get there by the, the ant family, which I hate that they're being called that now, yeah. get, they get, they go there by getting really, really small, right? But then they didn't do it in that. And also, Ant-Man kept getting, he kept doing the shrinky thing when he was in the quantum when realm. he was in the shrink, yeah. He was, was already... Is there another quantum level below That's, the one what are these because these are we, it's been explained by michael douglas the smart one that the quantum realm is like subatomic or whatever what are these people yes. made out of what is happening down the like okay, the time no, okay, scale right. thing right okay they said no, okay, they told no, no, us before no, no. i'm really mad about this right. okay so initially i was very confused because it doesn't even make sense that it goes subatomic because originally in that movie they explained that they get rid of the space between atoms right and if you consider mm. this Going so atomic, <laughs> and it doesn't make sense if you just get rid of all the space. But they also said that it then gets rid of the spaces within the atom itself, and that's so. Like again, this is meant to be like a portal to other universes. So, like, is this like the drain pipe of the, the multiverse? Oh, man, like, I don't know. It's also like outside of space and time, and yeah. But but they've said before that on multiple times across other movies that time works differently down there yeah, and like two months could be they've returned now and like no time has passed and zero like, time has passed Scott has said like oh I was there for five um, 
down there for like five minutes. But in reality, it like was five years. Four years have passed. Yeah, five yeah. years have passed. But also, like what's her face? The old wasp. Uh, yeah. Janet was down there for yeah. 30 years and it was 30 years. Yeah. And also, yeah. she, every single scene for the first hour and a half of this movie with her was the same thing over and over again. It was just a constant yeah. barrage of like, let's go back to see what Janet and the other two are doing. And it's like, how come you didn't, te- you need to tell us what's going on down here. And then somebody going, you didn't tell them about me, Janet. And then her refusing to speak. And it's just like, what? I, none of it, it doesn't make any sense. It's terrible. I hated it. And, yeah. uh, do you, like, yeah, I don't, like, do you think we actually, like, I was expecting a sacrifice in this. I was expecting a death. And then I thought, oh, maybe, like, Scott's going to be stuck down here until the next Avenger threat and his daughter will have to find him. And they didn't even do that. Like, everyone got out okay. And the worst thing we got was, like, him walking down the road and suddenly having, like, a crisis going, oh, shit. Did I just yeah, I thought there was a brief time where I thought he was going to maybe either die or just get stuck down there, and then he didn't. Also, real quick question. Who opened the portal at the start of the movie to get them into the quantum realm? Um, sh- I mean, MODOK did. So MODOK can open portals to the normal world? Once he has, um, like, a beacon to get him. She sent a beacon down yeah. to, like... Uh-huh. Scan it like a satellite, and then once they had the, that beacon, he was able to open up and drag them in. Why didn't Kang just go through that portal and leave the quantum realm? Maybe it's easier to drag them in than push them out. Doesn't make sense. I mean, none it, of it makes any sense. Nah, none of this makes sense. Like, why is this the thing you're st- sticking? Because I'm, I'm it's stickler thing. I actually thought I thought about this recently, right? And why the if the movie is good and or fun in any way you're much more willing to ignore little discrepancies like that. And you, yeah. you can suspend disbelief of, you just kind of go along yeah. with stuff like that. But when the movie's bad, you're going to start nitpicking like stupid yeah. garbage like that. Also, like even a fictional world has to have its own and you, It has to have, its rules. yeah, I mean, the rules don't necessarily mean, need to make complete sense in terms of our world. No, as long as they but make they, sense to themselves. Yeah, they have to, they have to exist. You have to follow some sort of fucking guideline, man. Oh God, I don't know. Listen, I feel like we've gone on too long about Ant Man. We're not Ant Man's not what we're doing. Ant Man is not what we're doing this week. But I just needed to no. go on the record and say it's fucking ass. No, but what we are doing is we are reviewing Empire of the Sun, nineteen eighty seven, with um, a Steven Spielberg film, as we suggested last time we had a podcast. Um. So yeah, uh, you know Christian Bale's in this. Uh, some big names as well. I uh, obviously. Including Christian Bale, <laughs> it's not like yeah, Christian Bale's there, but there's some other actual yeah, names. There's, there's this kid called Christian Bale in it. There's some actual <laughs> actors in it too. Yeah, um, John Malkovich is in this. Uh, Miranda Richardson, Nigel Havers, um, Ben Stiller's in this. Um, weirdly, um, but you know, there's quite a few. There's there's Rupert Fraser. Um, there is Emily Richards. You know, these have all kind of been big names throughout the years. Um, yeah, like I said, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, I believe it's based on a novel originally, and this is a screenplay of it. And yeah, this is, I think, one of Christian Bale's earlier movies. And the man was talented from the start, really, wasn't he? Spielberg? <laughs> it. Um, no, um, Christian Bale. No. Oh my God. No. You are. 
We might have an okay. argument over this. I think we fucking will. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into it. fuck do you think Christian Bale doesn't have I don't like him. acting ability I don't like Christian Bale I as never a, have okay as a person okay but like Either. okay right I I've never never liked Christian Bale okay right L- let's just get into the story <laughs> um, so the story starts off um, this is in Hong Kong I believe Shanghai Shanghai that's right sorry um, for anyone who's from there who's listening <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so Shanghai it was uh, British owned at the time, uh, British controlled, and then uh, World War Two started coming along, and um, yeah, Japan. You know, it's it's the cusp of Japan invading, taking over, and things going very very badly. Uh, we mostly follow a family um, that has. As he starts off in the movie called with Jamie and his mother and father, who are like diplomats, British diplomats, I believe. Um, I much like that era. Jamie has never been to like the UK. He 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 was born here, grew up here, but in a very kind of secluded, like culturally distant from you know like the actual society that lives there. Like very much sheltered. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, yeah. Uh, like that happened a lot all over the place. You know, India, South Africa, and all that. I mean, even Tolkien, you know, was born in South Africa. And oh, you meant people being? Yeah, sorry. What? what, what? I, know. I thought we were gonna go to. I thought we were just gonna start bashing the Brits and the Empire and stuff there for a second. Which uh, we can do. There's a reason they're all there. I mean, <laughs> no, it's just sorry. You were like, listen, you know, like South Africa and Indian places, and I was like, and Ireland, <laughs> they were here too. <laughs> I mean, Anglo-Irish people were a thing. Yeah, <laughs> and some of our greatest writers were Anglo-Irish. To be fair, they were. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeats, and, yeah, Yeats was. Wasn't yeah, I think. But anyway, so. Jamie's a very different character at the beginning of the movie. He's he's basically a spoiled brat, right? Yeah. You know, he he has like a Japanese nanny who um bully um he bullies and doesn't give a shit about at all. Oh like, yeah, no, he treats her like he treats her like shit. Yeah, yeah. He again, like um I've I'm seen the master and you have to listen to me. Like I, I've seen the world. Um, some people suggest it's quite an agnostic experience he has, not in the religious way, but in that he's not really tied to any culture. He's not really tied to British culture either. Like it's a, uh, it's just as alien to him, like as the local Japanese culture. Um, so like, like Japan is not really his home, neither is the UK. So the only connections he really has are to his nanny. And to his parents, you know. Beyond that, yeah, there's a there's a sense that like the and like his obsession with like airplanes and like he he has like a thing for like British things, but he but it's it's that. like a fantasy for him almost of like he thinks of like mm-hmm. the Great Britain and of his homeland or whatever. But it's like a it's like it's not something he really tangibly understands or like has any. 
but no, it's that's the problem though. Um, you're right that he does idolize the British planes, but he also idolizes the Japanese planes. He idolizes pilots. That's what I'm saying. It's quite agnostic. He's not like, oh, Great Britain, blah blah. That's not what he's seeing. He looks at every plane in this. He looks at the pilots. He salutes the Japanese pilots as much as he. he yeah, no, you're right actually, because that yeah. and that changes after, like later in the movie when the British planes turn up. Yeah, he kind of sw- so, it's like a, a switch of allegiance for him yeah. or something. Like the war does not exist in his head. Like this idea uh, connection to sovereignty is not in him. He's just loves planes. He loves the theater of it, the spectacle of it. He loves the pilots, but I don't think he necessarily cares for one side over the other. Except that, hey, where will we live next year, Dad? That's about it. Um. But yeah, so yeah, and I mean to be fair, it's it is like he's a kid, at the, like it's not yeah. you know his it, it a lot of most of this movie I think is kind of at least for him for Jim or Jamie or whatever the fuck his name is he it's like a it's a a loss of innocence for for him for most of it as well. Um, yes, I mean it's in a big, big fucking way. <laughs> the big, I mean, the real thing is it's from living in the humanity and the emotions and the like maybe more modern way of live and the transition of that to plore pragmatic survival. And you can see his, because we see it later on, um, you know, he's kind of looked after by Bassey who finds him on the streets after he splits up from his parents. Right. And he gets, you know, kind of taken under his wing and Bassey makes it very clear to him. Like, say, Hey, look, that woman, she died, take her shoes, uh, take her food bowl, you know, and he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. But he's just like, no, you kind of have to. We even get this kind of imagery of, you know, we see um, the shoelaces being like untied, but it's covered by a cloak, almost like like you're hiding these inconvenient elements of it. But what I was going to say is like when he goes to the doctor later on, at Dr. Rawlins, Rawlins is like teaching Latin, trying to keep his education and at one stage, he says, here, did you learn this poem? And Jim, at this stage, because Jamie has now become American and turned into oh, yeah, Jim. He, yeah, he's been adopted by yeah. the Americans, yeah. Yeah. Um, he just rattles off the poem. There's no breaks, no pauses. He just... Obviously, like, Jim is, like, smart in a way, but he just rattles it all off. But, like, no, no. It's exactly like, how we did in school. Yeah, well, how you did it. <laughs> just rattle it off. Just memorize the thing. Yeah. Don't ever, don't think about what you're actually reading. Or you do what I did and you learn one poem off really, really well and then try to cover everything with it. Yeah, <laughs> no that works what too. No questions are in it. That works too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, so the doctor's like, no, no, this is poetry. You're meant to feel it. You're meant to understand it. And there we get that, like, Jim's or Jamie's death of is humanity a bit like there's no sort of enjoyment for poetry or it's all pure survival mm-hmm. yeah you know like he's learned this poem because he's been told to and that's what he has to do to be able to come in here talk to the doctor and get the sort of things he gets you know uh so like i don't think it's even like a it, like a step into darkness this is just a kid literally surviving and changing who he is completely 
so much so that by the end of the movie, he doesn't even like recognize or remember his parents' faces because he's literally just like used every scrap of his brain, reworked it to survive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. D- d- to be honest with you, I mean, I agree with you. I, I agree with what you're saying. Sorry, I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to argue with you or anything. It's just like for me, I think he's quite happy. What are you on about? Yeah, it's just I, I, I don't think that understanding of what is happening around him ever fully comes for him. No, like it, I, it, he never fully seems to actually. Like he just, there's a sense of like he he's just he's dealing with it, I suppose, really, and it's it's probably like it's it's probably like his his kid brain like refusing to accept it or anything. But there's never a moment where I really thought that Jamie finally he finally understands what's going on around him and that the world is not the the fantasy land and these these pilots and 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 soldiers that he has like idolized are more they're not just like action figures or toys that he can just look at and go oh isn't that cool like he's still there's detachment yeah there's there's complete like he still is just he's still annoying for the whole fucking thing oh he is no he's he's an annoying old rat absolutely i'm not gonna say that's not true look he's he's literally a kid who um before was spoiled like hell and then he was thrown in to survive a book in a prison camp like he's 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 not going to be the most soft well-spoken child in the world like you know but i think you're right there uh you know i mean this movie is about trauma it's about ptsd and all this kid really does is he gets he's reactionary if there's anything that doesn't interact with him explicitly he doesn't take it in he only deals with his little world if that is you know, stealing, like winning marbles, get it, stealing soap, if it's him being at his house and eating like <laughs> chocolate liqueurs, like he looks around at the world and sees it, but like even, you know, at the beginning of the scene where we see some Americans um, escaping his neighborhood and he's like cycling after them, right? And the people in the back of the thing, I mean, they were like cheering him on, but they weren't really. They, did, <laughs> like, they could have reached reaching out or anything. They could have know? reached out for him or something, you know. Yeah, they go, come on, you could do it. It's like just reach. Yeah, for let's him. go, but let's go, little buddy. You could get on this truck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you didn't make it. Oh well. Yeah, but he doesn't like fall to his knees and burst into tears when they go away. He's just like confused. He's like, "Oh, that's that's annoying. Why why couldn't I catch up?" Um, yeah. and I mean, I. I think Bassey, like, I think we're meant to seem a bit of a scoundrel, probably not the best guy. Um, you know, we, you know, by played by John Malkovich, we get the impression that he kind of has taken him under his wing, but only insofar as, hey, you, you're useful to me. And while you're useful to me, I'll look after you and use you as a tool. But, you know, because we see it at the very beginning when uh, he's able to get onto the back of the truck. He, he's like, after all, like being with him and make, teach him how to get food and all that, he just walks away. He, you know, he just doesn't give a shit. Jumps mm. on to the cart and drives away. Um, and eventually, you know, he obviously comes along and follows him. And he starts talking to him again, like nothing has ever changed. 
Um, I mean, we see that mostly when, you know, he, he's really trying to get part of, he wants to get, you know, adopted by the Americans in the prison camp. And he looks up at that scene and went, but we're friends, please, we're friends, please let me in. And John Malkovich is a fantastic actor, as we all bloody well know. But he has this twist in his eyes and this open mouth, like, you still don't get it. I'm not your friend. Like, he doesn't say it to him, but he's very much like, yeah, wow, yeah, this yeah. kid is still not, like, clued he's, in. He's, he's, he's still, all the shit going on, he still doesn't cop who I am to him. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we see this kind of um, fantasy because he's sort of, like, adopted by this couple in the prison camp. I think it was it Miss Victor, I guess Mr. Victor? Uh, yes. Let's say yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and they kind of adopt him. Miss Victor's obviously a bit sick, but they adopt him in so far as like they they're purely looking after him because he's a kid. They clearly don't like him a lot either. They're just like, yeah. No, that's like I don't think anybody likes Jim. <laughs> to be honest. They're all just yeah. like, everyone's kind of like annoyed by him. Maybe the doctor somewhat is actively like, yeah. but they're, everyone's just kind of like, oh, this little, like, he's a kid and we're humans, so we're going to help him. But like, he's yeah, fucking like, annoying. Yeah. That's um, sorry. Mrs. Victor is um, Miranda Richardson. Yes. Plays Mrs. Victor, who's also a much highly accoladed actress as well and it's I don't think she had a massive massive amount to do in this well she had a quite poignant scene to be fair she was dead but she had a poignant <laughs> scene <laughs> yeah that, that was it's literally the definition of not having much to do <laughs> she was dead <laughs> yeah um that I, I think that was probably the most fantastical scene we had as well um it's and I suppose it's also the scene that explains how Jim sees the world because, you know, Jim walks into this giant field with all the other people from the camp and it's just full of all their stuff, just out on a grid. It's, it's almost dreamlike, right? Like all your stuff is suddenly in front of you in a random stadium field. It's weird. Yeah, I did think that entire sequence felt a bit odd but I, I suppose that what would be how it would but then they're like he wants to stay with, with Miss Victor because the rest of the group is just like hey yeah there's nothing here we can't eat this we need to move on yeah. we haven't eaten in days and they kind of they leave him behind I guess um, which is kind of dark to be honest but they're trying to survive themselves and maybe that's where we kind of see a little bit of the old Jim coming through, he stays with her, even though the practicality would be to leave her. And what you were saying about him not really understanding the world kind of happens here in that it's not that he so much doesn't understand what's happening. It's more that he sees it through his own lens. He's He sees Miss Victor die. And then we know there's, you know, the nuclear bomb gets dropped. And this is quite ethereal sort of angelic explosion and rings of light coming out and he thinks he just saw the soul of Miss Victor going to heaven, right? 
here's the thing. He technically saw the souls of many, many people going into heaven in that moment. But he only registered at a personal level. He only registered as the one person. Now he understands later on what actually happened. And he kind of, oh, that's what happened. And maybe that's why he becomes a person again as well, because he says, oh no, that was the bomb that was dropped and killed all those people. Well, I thought it was Miss Victor because that really hurt me. Oh, and now suddenly these two things are connected. Now the, the big giant world of a city was just destroyed and people died. It's connected to him emotionally. Now it's not any more of a, oh, look at the pile flying there. Oh, look, it's Miss Victor going into heaven. Now it's the reality of war has been squashed down to his understanding. You know, that's, that's a moment of awakening for him. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I was saying earlier, though. I don't think he. I still don't think he gets it. I don't. Well, he did he's get not, it there. Like Jim out. is, like, he feels like a passenger to me in, in the entire thing. Like he's just. You don't think near sort of the there. end when he, when he starts finding out that he wakes up because I think he does. I think it's why he's, is so, basically dead behind the eyes when his parents find him because, you know, he has. You know, I, th I think the first mental breakdown we see of him is when he's on top of the Japanese uh, sergeant's house and he sees the Americans blow the base to bits and he just maniacally starts laughing. He doesn't even know why he's laughing. He's just laughing. He's just screaming and laughing where the doctor like has to bring him down. Like, Jim, are you okay? And that's when he talks about how he doesn't remember his parents. He doesn't remember their faces. You know, it's like this... It's the first cracking, and I think, I think when he thought he saw Miss Victor like go into heaven, it was almost like he was kind of like returning to his old self. And then when he found out, no, that was a bomb, and he goes, "Oh, I think everything then is brought back down to him." Because then he meets, um, you know, earlier in the movie, he meets um, a Japanese kid who's like a boy pilot kamikaze boy pilot and you know he salutes him at the fence and he laid the um the boy i think i'm not sure if the boy had a name um but he kind of saves him from one of the sergeants later on by distracting him and all this kind of stuff but they have like a, a rapport through fence lines a little bit like the boy in the striped pajamas sort of vibe yeah really. yeah yeah i thought the same yeah um we then later on see the boy and he's, you know, he survived and he has landed his plane and for like both of them obviously have gone through traumatic stuff because he was like about to attack him with a sword before he realizes who Jim was and they sit down, and, you know, they have like, I think an orange or something. They eat something and they relax and have a good time. And it's, it's like, I can just see like, the waves coming in and out for Jim's character. He keeps on saying, oh, I'm going back to my childhood stuff. Oh, no, I'm going back to having to be super practical about everything. And then he goes back to his childhood self. He's with this boy pilot. And then, obviously, the pilot gets shot um, by the practical people. And he loses his shit. And he literally, like, almost drowns a fully grown man with his anger. And so I don't think he's beyond understanding it. It's just he understands the war from only his point of view. 
And the more he learns about the war, the more it affects him in the last chapter of the film, basically. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like I, I, so. I like he he has a limited window, but I think the more he learns, the more he can't deal with it because I guess that's the point. Like he he had a small window because he was a kid and he was just trying to survive, so he only focused on what he needs to. But then when he started realizing it's bigger, he breaks. He just falls apart. He just can't handle it. There is he, there is no glorious the end to this. Hmm? Do you think he should have killed the American? I, I kind of, I, I got his anger. Uh, I think he should have killed know? him. I really think yeah, he should have yeah. killed him. I felt really, I actually felt very sorry for that uh, Japanese pilot boy, to be honest. Of course. The moment, the actual, one of the, the moments um, that actually struck me was, there's a scene with the pilot boy, and it's after, it's when the, the Japanese have decided to uh, evacuate the camp they're just abandoning everybody yeah and it shows him he's finally it's like he's finally like okay you have to do your duty for japan now and he's 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 going through the ritual of kamikaze before he gets in his yeah. plane and then his plane won't start and he can't take off and he breaks yeah. down crying and everything and that's why i think like when jim jim comes back and finds him he still that he still hasn't left he's still sitting beside his plane like yeah. hoping that it'll take off and um, I liked. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Really, to be honest, how do, would you? How would you say this? Because Spielberg's done a lot of war movies at this stage. Yeah, so probably I want to say like seven or eight of them at this point. Like, they're not yeah, all the yeah. same war or anything. In comparison to his other work, or surrounding the war, um, and I know we know that his dad, uh served in world war Two. i think he was a, a radio engineer or something comes up a lot in the fablements the new one um mm. which i went to see afterwards and it's quite good but um it's is it like where does it's this a high ranking i don't want to say ranking because with spielberg like all his not a ranking it's impossible you can't yeah. watch a spielberg movie and not find something of of Value complete yeah, yeah. worth and in yeah. incredible filmmaking is in every one of his movies. I d I didn't like Love this yeah. very much. Um, yeah. I don't think it adds up to the sum of its parts. When you go, when you look okay. at the cast and and the filmmaker the cast is and fantastic and the topic like and everything, snapshots of them most of the time. Yeah, it just felt. I I think it. I think this one has a lot of problems. I found it quite dull at times, which is very odd i think there's a there's some pacing issue it just sort of plodded along to me for a lot of it um but yeah. then there are certain moments that you just just drive home you're just instantly reminding oh yeah steven spielberg knows what he's doing doesn't he like he no, i mean the like honestly like the ethereal nuclear blast is magical i know it's obviously special effects team who worked on that brilliant but that was his intention it was meant to look beautiful they dropped a real you know. nuclear bomb. Yeah. 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 No, sorry, no, sorry. That's what Christopher Nolan is doing for Oppenheimer. <laughs> oh, he, fuck, oh, he fucking he, is. He probably is. <laughs> fucking asshole. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just for me, it's not it's not his worst. I definitely would say I mean, again, best I and worst think, with Sweetberg okay, is so high. If you're asking me, I think it is unique in his war stories. Un until someone tells me, oh, actually, this happens, this is bad. Insofar as it's 
So Spielberg's really good at writing about a kid's perspective because I think Spielberg understands that we're all just children, really. Um, you know, we all have our fears about the world. We we can all associate to being a kid out in deep water trying to figure out what's going on around us. I think it's a quite unique take on a war movie. I don't think we get... Like, I know Studio Ghibli uh, has done with um, Fireflies, um, but it's very rare we get a child's perspective. Not a movie about a about war of a child, but we experience the movie through Jim. Now, we as adults understand what else is going on. Like, when we see the big nuclear blast, we know it's a nuclear blast. We know it's not, you know, Miss Victor going to heaven. But we see most of this movie through his feelings, through his eyes, through his scope. Um, and I think that's quite unique. And I think this movie, with its flaws, and it does have flaws, I, I shouldn't defend it beyond reason, but it's a movie that was well worth making and kind of showing the, the barbaric nature of kids being in prison during war which i mean it's still happening now yeah yeah 100 i honestly i think you've talked me around more on it to be honest <laughs> um i still don't i'm still not like crazy about it and i think honest to god as mentioned i do not like christian bale at okay. all uh I, is, it, I, is, it, is it the shark eyes thing it's, 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 a little bit just, it's just, I, I honestly am not sure. It's just everything. I, there's there's maybe, like, there's a couple of movies that I think he's good in. Um, I think he's brilliant in The Fighter. I think that's a fantastic movie, and he's brilliant yeah. in it. But I just don't, I never have quite gotten what everybody sees in Christian Bale, to be honest. I, I just, and I found him instantly grating but that's my own personal thing like coupled with the fact that jim is an annoying character he that, is, but yeah, like yeah, on yeah. top of that christian bale He's a kid. yeah but like on top of that christian bale annoys me personally i think maybe yeah. that colored my opinion of the whole thing i remember instantly i started watching it. i didn't know he was in it until and then he popped up and i instantly i think i texted him i was like wait hang on christian bale's in this fucking thing you recognize and I think, when he frowns anything i, oh, I was i was just like instantly <laughs> oh no I d i'm not gonna enjoy this now on, like almost on purpose because I don't like Christian Bale. I don't think like there's again there's a there's a lot of good in it. Um, uh, I wouldn't like it's not. Should we bring this to into? Uh, yeah, uh, we can. Yeah, sure. This this feels like we're uh, wrapping yeah, up. Yeah, now, hang right, on a second. Right, let me play. Yeah. Let me play the jingle. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it adds up to what it could and what it should for me. Um, it's not, it's certainly not for me, it's not a Schindler's List or a Saving Private Ryan. No, it's um, not. It's not no. up there. It's probably better, it's like, it's not as boring as Bridge of Spies or something like that, but like, yeah, again, I don't know, it's, it's a weird one. It's not, like, you know, again, it's Steven Spielberg and it's fucking, it's, a, you know it's an it war epic that like there's obviously good shit in it i would have been really interested to see because david lean was initially signed up to direct this spielberg was only supposed to produce um david lean uh of lawrence of arabia 
bridge on the like bridge over the river Kwai, Dr. Shivago, like he was, he was, he had started working on it and then he kind of decided, I, I, I think he felt like he'd done enough of this kind of thing. Um, yeah. And he stepped away and Steve Spielberg, who was a, pro- was producing it, um, came in to direct it. Um, you can tell Spielberg founded, Spielberg obviously thought it was, it found it a very personal story for himself. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't, I just wasn't mad about it. Like, I just, I wa- it took me two, I had to, I watched it in two parts. Okay. That might like, have explained the pacing. Why is the middle of this movie so No, that's why I had, I stopped. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like falling asleep. I was like, I, I I'm like we watched not. this for days. What the hell? Like, this movie's been on for like a week, man. What the fuck <laughs> is happening here? <laughs> it's on um, a loop. You know, I'm going to make a weird comparison and don't take it straight away for what I'm saying. Um, this feels a lot like The Lord of the Rings um, in that it's it's a physical journey for the characters, but it's also a sort of cyclical journey for the characters. Like, they you know, they start off in quite an innocent place and they move on and they see some horrors, right? And then there are moments of brief sort of saving where, like, you know, it's like Merry and Pippin, you know, like they started off as rambunctious, mad little men and they go through Moria, you know, they lose Gandalf, and they start to realize, like, this is not just a fucking trip with the cousin Frodo there. This is, like, serious. And it's painful. They lose Boromir. They get kidnapped by orcs. But then there's this brief moments of them against, like, being in Rohan. And they're dancing and having food. And they're enjoying themselves. But then they have to split up again. And they're going back into the horrors of war, of horrors of losing each other. So there's this, like, these short reprieves of this horrible dark journey they go on where they come back. The only difference is is that Merry and Pippin are adults. Frodo and Sam are adults. You know, I I didn't really mention Frodo and Sam because they don't have many moments of reprieve. Like, it's it's just a really shit show all the way to Mount Doom. Yeah, those guys had had it hard, huh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, but like for Merry and Pippin, it certainly is a journey of like, you know, highs and lows and return to who they were before the journey. But I mean, even like Frodo mentions when they return back to the Shire, like they're not the same people that they used to be. And they look around and everyone's acting normal because when we see Jim at the end, he's in the orphanage kind of safe zone place and it's already starting to look normal again there's a whole bunch of just kids and they're all dressed quite well and their posh parents come in and you know there's normalcy coming back in but jim's never gonna be normal again like jim's never gonna be jamie again and i don't think jim is jim anymore either he's he's been changed enough to understand that pragmatism is needed but He's not dead in so much that emotions are important. Like, his emotions are still important to him. And we kind of see that kind of shell shock, I suppose, from Frodo at the end of The Lord of the Rings as well. Mm-hmm. I, I guess Frodo got it because, again, like I said, 
there weren't any reprieves. Like, the only moment of, like, hey, things are grand again is when he wakes up and Gandalf is just smiling, going, and he's going, Gandalf! <laughs> so, I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is, like, there is a journey of um, character change and the return to the old self and realizing you're not there anymore. You've you've left home and sure you can return back to where you were before, but it's not home anymore. It's not who you are and you don't fit into that puzzle anymore. Always comes back to the Lord of the Rings. It does. Everything yeah. we do. But, I mean, look, new it's, movies. Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> We've got new movies, um, everyone. Yeah, oh god, let's not we'll talk about that next time because <laughs> I do not want to talk about that. Uh, I I feel like I feel like such an old person. Like, no, they did it better. We don't need to do it again. This is stupid. But I said to him like they did do it better. They don't need to do it again. These movies are fine. No. They haven't specified what the movies are. Um Scouring of a Shire. Yeah. Just just do one just yeah. Tom Bombadil and Scouring of a Shire. Yeah, yeah. Just do the bits <laughs> Peter Jackson didn't didn't yeah. do. That's all we want. <laughs> we want the extended extended cut. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we want Legolas bring Gimli round. Uh, no, Gimli bring Legolas on to like the glittering caves and says, "Hey, check out these caves, dude. Oh, he's, yeah, you should see Northward. Pretty oh, sick caves, bro." <laughs> <laughs> and then them just marrying and going off to <laughs> the undying lands. Give me all those. Just yeah. <laughs> And don't bring back any of the actors, like all fresh actors, but exactly the same timeline. You know, they should get uh, any all the actors who were considered for the Peter Jackson movies and didn't get the part. Oh, the oh, who was the guy who, who played Aragorn for like a day? Oh, I can't think of his name now. Yeah, he was on set Townsend for like, uh, yeah, was it Thomas Townsend or something like that? Yeah, they had him on. He was on set for like three days, and then they were like, "This is not working." No, <laughs> get him in. See what he's doing. I don't know yeah. what he's doing these no, days. No, but... no, you bring back the original cast. Would have them all play different roles. You know what that would mean if they did do that? They we'd have a we'd have a CG Christopher Lee playing Gandalf. Oh, poor. <laughs> I'm sad. Poor now. man who spent all his life loving Tolkien said, "I'd love to play Gandalf." I was like, nah, nah, no, 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 no. You're the you're but the, to, the bad guy. To be fair, he was a fantastic. He was brilliant. Too. He's Christopher yeah, Lee. So he, yeah, um, legend. Always. But uh, yeah, folks, uh, I think we'll leave it at that for the moment. Uh, we might be doing a review on the D&D movie and we'll talk about all the shenanigans that D&D has been up to as well, I suppose. Um, but join us for that. Uh, folks, look after yourselves and it's a goodbye from me. Slán Awalia. Auf Wiedersehen. Asher Lowe. Did you be grand? <laughs>